Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg, and as always is my good friend. He's, uh, he's one of the better people on the planet that I know, I think. I'm just thinking in my head of people that I think are good people, and yeah, Josh is one of them for sure. Anyway, Josh. <laughs> that, that made me tingle a little bit in my, in my conkles. Your conch, 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 um, we do talk a little bit about spoilers, not too much, and some of the shows we do talk about have heavy themes, so just a fair warning in that, especially this week. Um, yes. Uh, if you want to know our past episodes, or you want to hear um, us uh, us do the other show that we do throughout the every other week, uh, Uninhibited, you can check all that out on com. And it has a new look. I made the transfer of the the domain from uh, the GoDaddy site that I built and was managing on my own end. And uh, it's now distributed through uh, Radio Public. So they handle the website side of things. I just have to do the recording and editing and engineering of the audio and uploading to our RSS feeds. And you can go to allcuteuppodcast.com, and that's, you know, hosted by Radio Public, and there's an embedded uh, player there on the website, and you can actually see some of the reviews that people have left for us uh, on there, and our little bios are still intact there, and all of our episodes are listed. So yeah, go check that out. I'm really, really pleased, and it's so time-consuming. It's time-saving for me, because handling the website on top of this along with that you know it was an extra several hours of work a week um for the past year so i'm glad we made that shift and it's yeah. more it's more cost efficient as well right right um so that's good i, I actually need to go I, I i myself have not seen the new site so i'll have to do that uh what we're going to review this week is love death and robots and Afterlife, both on mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, we're going to start with Afterlife. Um, Josh, could you run down a quick synopsis of what the show's about? I mean, I can. Afterlife <laughs> is a British show. Um, it's basically, it was a created, uh, produced, directed, and starred uh, Ricky Gervais. And it dropped uh, in the past month on Netflix. And Netflix have already, has already renewed the series for a second season. Uh, what it is, Ricky Gervais, follow, uh, he, he plays a character named Tony. And basically, he is recovering from 
the tragic passing of his wife. She died from breast cancer. And he's been contemplating suicide, but decided against it because he had to feed his dog. But he decided, you know what? I'm going to punish the world for my wife's death by just saying and doing whatever the fuck he wants. You know, he thinks of it as his superpower. Um, and, you know, it affects his relationship with his brother-in-law, uh, whom he works for at the, at the paper, uh, and his coworkers and, you know, just people around him. And that, that's the show, you know, it's just basically him trying to find his way in life after the tragic, unfortunate passing of his wife, who had left him a video from the hospital and it was apparently in her final days and each episode begins and ends with him watching a clip of the video diary that she left for him so you and you get to see little glimpses of their life together and it was just uh really really well done yeah absolutely i i one of the things about, like, I'm really, first and foremost, I'm really happy the show is six episodes. Yeah. Because I don't know that I could have handled more than that of Tony being a piece of shit. Like, I get that he was depressed and suicidal, but man, I wanted to fucking throttle him so hard sometimes. Um, yeah. And, and and it works for the show. It's it's perfect. Because what what they, what the idea here is, is... You are going to watch a man who feels like he has nothing left to lose and then learn that he has plenty to lose. Yes. Um, so it works. But my God, there were times I just wanted to fucking punch him in the goddamn mouth. Oh, he pissed me off so many times. And I'm just like, you can't handle like he does this at the, at the towards the end of the show when he realizes like, um, not to spoiler, I mean, I guess I'm kind of spoiling it, but basically, I mean, it's, it's, let me rephrase that. I saw it coming. It's kind of where there's like the show kind of telegraphs that it's going this path, but he realizes that just because he's miserable, he can't make other people miserable and it's not fair. Yeah. Um, I think that's a lesson that a, a lot of good people figure out in their life. And it was really, Absolutely. really nice. Yeah, it was really nice to see him go through that. Uh, but it did have Ricky Gervais's big touch on it. And oh, I'll, absolutely, it did. Uh, and not just in the comedy, because the because there were some fucking hilarious moments in the show. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And the one thing I want to touch on what what he does, uh, his character Tony. What Tony does for this newspaper is he does feature pieces, and it's basically an article each week focusing on a member of the community and something odd or quirky about them to get them into the paper. Yeah. And like some of the things he goes to see is like, Oh, we've got a baby that looks just like Hitler and it's a baby. They dressed up like Hitler and just put, you know, eyeliner on its mouth to make it look like the mustache and, you know, combed his hair forward. He's like, well, they'll all look like that if you do that to them, won't they? And they're like, yeah, uh, you know, or, you know, going to uh, the one that really got me was this woman who was breastfeeding her child. And she was using her extra breast milk to make small batches of 
brownies. <laughs> and he's like, and his, and his photographer is there with him, and he's just, er, not brownies, but puddings. Puddings, my bad. And uh, because uh, in Britain, puddings are completely different from the puddings that we have. Um, but Just like cookies his, and brownie, I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, no, biscuits. they're not like cookies. Cookies are biscuits there. Yeah. Uh, uh, puddings are more, uh, it's made with, you know, there's various. Anyway, let's not get into that. We'll be talking about Great British Baking Show, um, <laughs> which I adore, by the way. Uh, but yeah, his, his his photographer's sitting there just slurping it up. He's like, oh, it's good. He's like, oh, you got bits of it on your mouth, mate. And she's and she's like, yeah, I usually have all the ingredients on hand, but I've found also that if I don't have any yeast, I can use my own va- vaginal yeast. <gasps> and I fucking lost my shit over that. I think that was the hardest I laughed in that entire it show. It was a really fucking funny scene. Just his face, you know, and his, and his photographer, he's just sitting there, he's like, I'm still eating it. <laughs> it was so funny. It, oh my god! Yeah, there was. It, it's it's moments like that that make the show like fun to watch because there's other moments in the show that are very very hard to watch. Uh, the suicidal stuff is is something that as as of, as of late has it, it really 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 like got to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. And that, and that's kind of the point I was talking about when it comes to Ricky's touch on the show is that he has made it very clear on social media that he likes animals more than humans. <laughs> um, yeah. and that the fact that the dog essentially keeps saving his life, um, mm-hmm. is a, is a huge testament to that being something Ricky is, is all about. Uh, the, um, The part I, it's, that it, really—it's just—it's just—it's just hard to watch. It's just hard to watch, but it's important to watch because it—it rounds out his character. It makes you sympathetic towards his character, even though you're just like, "I'm gonna fucking punch him." Well, you know, as somebody, as somebody who has dealt with the loss of a loved one in a relationship before, that's very well told in how one reacts um because there is a lot of anger and resentment towards the world because the world's still going on even though everything you found wonderful in it is suddenly gone um yeah there is anger there is depression there are suicidal thoughts um and it's a difficult road to get out of that. And, you know, they portray in the show it takes them a better part of a year to even remotely begin to come out of it. And, you know, that's pretty, you know, I can relate to that. But, yeah, man, uh, the some of the things that he does, like, you know, the guy that distributes the newspapers yeah, that uh, was for so his rough. brother-in-law turns out to be a drug addict and he sleeps in a storage unit on a piss-stained mattress and every penny he finds goes towards drugs and you find out spoiler sorry you find out the reason why is because he views himself as responsible for his girlfriend dying 
and he just wants to make the pain go away. And that's why he's always doing the drugs. And Ricky's like, well, what would you do if you had more money? He said, I'll buy enough drugs to overdose on. And he gives him the money. Yeah, that was that was one of those scenes where that was one of those scenes where I was just like, I I could not I could not sympathize with Tony on. I mean, I see why he's doing it, because he's like, this guy's going through the same kind of hurt I'm going through. I'm going to do him a solid and allow him the means to end his pain on his terms. But I can't even remotely I see agree with his it. rationale, but I don't agree with it exactly. It, it's it's so it's so far isolated from how I think anybody should act that for the sake of the show, it works extremely well. Mm. I know that that might sound a little strange, but what I mean by that is, and from my perspective, you are going to kind of hate Tony. But it's a kind of hate where you're just like, I, I know you can be better. Because we see him be better. Yeah. In the flashbacks and the scenes with his wife and just how much fun they had together and how much joy they legitimately had in each other's company. And when he's with the dog, when he's with his nephew, yep. we see him be better. Yep. But he refuses to believe that he can be. And it's so fucking frustrating. That's why I said the six episodes is perfect. Because it had, if, yeah. it, if it went longer, I don't know that I could have enjoyed it as much. But I think that that's what makes it so good is that it's basically the length of a film. And as yeah. a movie, this works really well. Yeah. And I love the fact that David Bradley played his dad. Speaking of that, I had one of the hardest laughs when he says, I love you, dad. And his dad goes, gay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, his dad's, his dad, David Bradley's an old, old man. And I love David Bradley. Always have. Same here. Um, But, uh, you know, he's portraying like he's, he's in, you know, he has dementia. So he's rarely ever lucid. And, uh, you know, I, I think that was the scene where he didn't recognize who Tony was. He's like, oh, I know you. You're Charlie. You come around and see me sometimes. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's me. That's me. And then he looks at him with clarity. He's like, you're my boy. He's like, yeah. He's like, I love you, Dad. And he's like, gay. <laughs> that, that, I mean, you know, that was just... Funny. It's really just the way it was funny, done. Yeah. You know, not that I would make that kind of joke in today's society, but that is the kind of joke I made when I was younger. I'm I'm gonna own that. I mean, well, I'm not gonna lie. Makes, I'm sure we all did. What makes the what makes the scene funny is that contextually <clears throat> sorry, I don't know what that was. Contextually, um you know that it's wrong to discriminate in that fashion. Exactly. But but with his dad having dementia and mm-hmm. kind of not knowing where he is, and then just saying it, it's funny. It's akin to a toddler dropping the fuck. Right. It's, know. it's yeah, that's, and yeah, it's, it's, it's not that he would think somebody who loved their dad is gay. That's not what the joke is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we don't have to analyze a fucking joke. Like, it's not necessary. No. Although um, it was pretty funny, you know, when he was sitting there. 
and apparently he had said some things to other patients and his his caretaker the nurse was telling tony about it and oh he upset a few people you know he's trying to have a go with mrs what's her name from behind he's like why from behind dad he's like ugly and then she's walking down the hallway and he's like get your dirty cunt in here (laughs) i was like oh my god yes uh the fucking the line in the first episode of the little boy going pedo and, yeah, <laughs> uh, and he goes, he goes. I'm not a pedo, but if I was, you'd be, you'd be fucking safe, you fat ginger cunt. I was like, yep. oh my god, yes, yep, yep exactly. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Like, and and that's yeah. the thing about the show too is it's if you're easily offended, you're gonna be offended yeah. by this show. Yeah, uh, because you know it's British humor, and the Brits, like the Australians, know how great the word cunt is. And it's just but it's not, not even just the, I know, but it's just it's not used enough in everyday society here in America. It's just not. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, like, he's Tony's so mean to everybody. But yeah. he also does make jokes. So like when he's standing behind his coworker and he's like folding the flap of his neck and mm-hmm. I, I was just kinda like, oh, this isn't really that funny. Like it's I I get what he's trying to do, but it's not funny. What was funny was later um like when, <laughs> when uh his coworkers like hey guys this is my girlfriend and uh she sits down and 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 Ricky's just asking questions and the answers from the girlfriend that whole fucking scene was so goddamn funny oh yeah um, he's like when you go home just grab the fat roll on the back of his neck you'll thank me later <laughs> Like that there, there's some it. really fucking solid fat jokes that actually made me laugh. And my my point is, is if I was easily offended by fat jokes, I'd be fucking pissed off at the show. Mm-hmm. But I'm not offended by that stuff because it does it. It's it's not, it's not meant to be taken seriously. So I think it's fine. But I, I the the thing that <clears throat> the thing that really the thing that really fascinated me about this about like the comedy in the show was it was always cut by some really dark, depressing stuff. Yeah. And I, I think Ricky's idea, what he really wanted to go for for this show, was to show that there are going to be dark times in everyone's life. There's going to be really, really nasty, depressing, dark issues, dark things that come up. But at the end of the day, you got to kind of have a good laugh at things. You kind of have to... Look at the comedy of the absurdity. You have to look at the comedy of of the the nonsensical, and um, it it to me was a, was a very nice a nice way to look at that sort of scenario. Um, I I don't I don't know like. I, <laughs> What I'm trying to say is that the way that it was structured, the way the show played out, where it was like he goes to his friend's funeral and while his friend is being cremated, he tells the nun to not stand in the smoke because she'll get yeah. high as fuck. Like yeah. in situations like yeah. that. He's like, I'd stand clear of that. Be off your tits in a moment. <laughs> it's it's so yeah. fucking funny. And it reminds me of like when my Aunt Carolyn passed away. And we're all sitting in the, 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 the funeral home that we had the funeral in. Um, uh, we're all sitting in that room. And my, my, my aunt wanted, uh, at the time it was her favorite song. I imagine it would be different if she was still alive. But um, it's Aerosmith's um, song that was in Armageddon. 
Yeah. Don Rumish is singing. Yeah, thank you. I was trying to remember that. So they started playing that song, and all of a sudden my grandpa just goes, do they have to have the music so goddamn loud? And it made all of us fucking laugh. Like, it was funny. That is funny. Um, And so there's always just, there's always going to be situations like that in my life. There have been too many situations in my life where bad stuff happens. And if it weren't for my family and friends being around for me to either make them laugh or them to make me laugh, I'd go fucking insane. And that's kind of, I think, what the message of this show is to an extent. Like, I think that's why it's part comedy. Because things mm-hmm. can still be fucking funny. Things can, things can suck, but you can still find the comedy in things. And, and I love that message because that, you know, like, to me, the two most extreme emotions that a human being can have that are triggered by extreme measures are crying and laughing. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really like a really well structured show because of that. And that's, 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 I'm just praising the fuck out of the show for that. That's all. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think there's really much more we can say without spoiling the shit out of even further. Uh, we both clearly loved it. Uh, what do you, what would you give a grade on this? Uh, yeah, I, um, again, you know, you just heard my fucking spiel about why I love it and why I think it's an amazing show and why I think you should check it out. Um, I'm, I'm honestly going to give it a, a, an A-, minus, uh, just on the idea that uh, there were too many times, I feel like, where I wanted to come to the screen and just punch Ricky Gervais' character right in the goddamn face. Um, I know what I know what's, what's, what they're going for. Maybe that was his intention, but I kind of hated feeling that way. So that's why it kind of gets a little, a little knocked down. But other than that, it's, it's, it's definitely a fine show. I, I, uh, I do really, I do really recommend checking it out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what, what do you think, Josh? Uh, I'll give it an A, um, really well acted, uh, really funny. And, you know, of course, heavy tonally, um, you know, a lot of serious subject matter, uh, but it's a great blend of like a dark comedy and what you would maybe refer as an affecting drama. Uh, I love the fact that you know he's got a few uh, stand-up comedian friends in the series. Like the one that plays the prostitute, sex worker. You know, she keeps correcting him every time he calls her prostitute. She says sex worker. She's actually a pretty big stand-up comedian over there in Britain. I thought uh, I recognized her. Yeah, yeah, she's funny as shit, dude. Or you know, getting uh, Penelope Wilton to play the old, the old lady, the the widow that he befriends, whose husband Stan is buried next to his wife. She was awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love her and everything she's in. Um, but yeah, man, this show's really well acted. It's short, it's digestible. I mean, you could watch two episodes in the evening and get it knocked out in three evenings, but it's absolutely worth checking out. Really well done. A from me. All right. Yeah, definitely check out the show, guys. It's, it's, it's worth your time. Plus it's like, 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 uh, Josh said, really digestible. So, 
Uh, so, um, real briefly, uh, I'm sure you guys heard our April Fool's, uh, little joke that we had. We had some fun with that. Uh, basically, Josh, Josh and I played QVC, uh, but it was the, uh, it was the, uh, excited, overly excited pitch man. Um, me playing the straight man, of course. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. It was, it was uh, super fun. And we threw that together in like 10 minutes. Well, because we also improv'd it. Like, that was the other. Yeah, that was, that was the thing. We, we, we pitched the idea together talked about it in 10 minutes and then boom one take yeah and i stumbled over reading the web address and i actually had to read it twice and i just edited one out so i took out six seconds of audio that's it um but yeah the the it was an april fool's gag but it was also a legit thing too because we do have a merchandise store on redbubble and that is where you can go and since we no longer have the ability to link our web store on the old website because the new website doesn't have that yet every episode in the notes description will be a link to our redbubble web store redbubble web store so you can go and purchase uh, merchandise and all proceeds go directly into funding this show whether it be paying for web hosting fees rss hosting fees what have you yeah, uh, yeah. but we really appreciate it go buy shirt buy a mug take a picture wearing it holding it what have you tweet it to us we'd love to uh, feature it on our instagram and our twitter accounts you know uh we Absolutely. love it when you guys do that yeah hundro percento uh shall we move on to love death and robots let's let's so there really isn't a synopsis per se to give this because it is an anthology <laughs> Yeah, it's 18 standalone episodes. Every one of them is under 20 minutes long. And they refer to each episode has a a thematic connection to either love or death or robots or all three. Yeah. Or a pair of the three. Well, it's because, yeah, uh, because Tim. Hold on. Tim Miller. uh, And David Fincher. Tim Miller. Well, Tim Miller and David Fincher. And uh, they were the ones that conceptualized it because they basically wanted to reboot Heavy Metal, right? Uh, the film from 1981, and they, along with uh, Josh Donan and Jennifer Miller, uh, produced all of this. Yeah, and it's it, they've been working on it for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Like and seventeen out of the eighteen episodes are animated. And they're animated by different crews from a wide variety of countries, and it's fucking fascinating. It is It is some of the most interesting I have ever seen in a anthology series. So I kind of want to hit up each one briefly, because mm-hmm. 18's a lot to go through, and I don't want to fucking pull a two-hour episode. Um, so we'll just dive right in, Josh. We'll start with number one, Sunny's Edge. Very cool. Uh, Very cool episode. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's basically like there's a gladiatorial battle, um, and they control the, 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 the beasts, if you will, uh, yeah. via tele- telekinetic like communication. And yeah. what made this one so engineered monsters, man. <laughs> yeah. What made this so neat is it, is it really did like with this short story, 
of Sunny controlling her robot and giving the middle finger to a guy who wanted to basically buy them out and have her fucking take a take a loss. Um to give the middle finger to that kind of thing and it was so it was so it was so interesting and fun to watch and I kind of thought to myself like man I'd love a whole movie on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um I will say the animation for this one too was very well done. Uh, Absolutely. The only thing, the only thing, and and this is well, this will always be a thing for me, is when it comes to very realistic faces in CGI. There's mm. always that uncanny valley, and this yeah. unfortunately did have that. Like you could, you could basically, you could be like, that's not a real face in any way, shape, or form. Because my brain just can't. I don't know if anyone's brain, but my brain just kind of goes, nope. <laughs> Did it do That's, that? Did it do that during Rogue One for uh, Governor Tarkin and Carrie Fisher? Well, of course for her, but I mean, I didn't know if it would for Tarkin yeah. or not. Yeah, for him. I mean, don't get me wrong; it looks fucking great. It's just you can tell. Yeah, you can yeah, definitely yeah. see it. Uh, but everything else, like the the fucking cloth textures, the blood textures, the the all kinds of shit, like it just looked really good. The so. amazing monsters they used. Holy shit. Oh, I couldn't imagine how fucking fun it was to create those two monsters for this little short. Oh, especially the one that she piloted. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that episode, seventeen minutes long, with the closing credits, which is closing credits on each one of these are almost two minutes long, about ninety seconds to two minutes. So it's really about a fifteen minute watch. Yeah, really awesome. Yeah, but that was uh, based on a story by Peter Hamilton and animated by Blur Studios. Yep. Uh, um so the next one do you want to do you want to just do that i'll do the odd ones you do the even ones uh yeah yeah this one was called three robots and it was based on a story by john scalzi uh animated by blow studios a runtime of 12 minutes and it's basically it takes place after the destruction of humanity three robots wander through a seemingly abandoned city trying to understand how humans live based on their very limited knowledge of humans and the things they see that they've left behind. And this was, this was one of my favorites. This was absolutely a very good one. Uh, it was very quirky. It's just like they find an old diner and they see this old food, you know, and it's all like moldy and corrode cruddy and they're like and they would recharge by putting this into their orifices well yeah the one orifice so they had orifices everywhere and things were going in and out of them all the time but yeah they put this in and then they got these big rocks with spikes that turn in their bellies and it turned to, turned it into energy and they're like man that's weird you know just talking about <laughs> Talking about things like, you know, they really had no concept of how humans worked or anything. And then they see this cat, and they're like, they apparently worship these. <laughs> yeah. And it was just it was just really cool. And it's, very super fun. it's super fun, super cute. Like, it's just, I, I genuinely love that one a lot. I think I should, that was the only one I showed to my parents, because I didn't think they'd really be into the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's easily one of my favorites. And that one runs about... Nine minutes. Yeah, 12-minute runtime with the credits, so about 10 minutes overall. Okay. Without the end credits. I was, I was already calculating the end credits off of it, but yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I guess I didn't know this, but jo- but Chris Parnell is is I think the little robot. I think he was. I'm not sure, but he was the voice of one of the three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know because it's yeah. One of them has got to be the cat because the the triangle robot was uh, was an AI voice that they used for sure. Oh, very cool. I shouldn't. I just spoiled that a little bit, but whatever. Yeah, it's okay. Um, all right, the next one is called the witness, and this is a uh, a very weird kind of story. But it's basically about a woman who is putting on her makeup. She hears a loud sound, looks out her window, turned out to be a gunshot, and a guy had killed a woman that looked exactly like her. And um, she kind of looked like a prostitute. Uh, not gonna lie to you. Sex worker, sorry. Um, (laughs) but yeah, she, uh, uh, he sees her and he starts chasing her down. Um, and, uh, it turns into a cat and mouse thing. This was one of my least favorites. (laughs) Same here. Same here. I didn't enjoy it as much. I mean, because the ending was telegraphed. Uh, it really was. Also, like, I didn't like the animation. Yeah, I wasn't big on it either. It wasn't as good. Like, I don't know if I've said this to you, but I don't like Aeon Flux's animation. Yeah. And it had that, like, feel, but, like, for CGI. Yeah. And I was I like, agree. meh. I didn't, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I mean, it's I really agree. colorful. I'm sure it'll be someone's favorite, but... Yeah, yeah. I'm sure every one of these is going to be someone's favorite. But, yeah, this one, it was just, eh, kind of there. Yeah. Um, Alright, next one Uh, Suits Uh, This is based on a story by Stephen Lewis And animated by Blur Studios And this one was probably My favorite one It's it's, it's in my top three for sure It's definitely my top three This one was badass It's one of the longer ones too Yeah, it was 17 minutes Total run time, probably 15 minutes Without the end credits Uh, And it's and it's a small community of farmers that are defending their lands from in some type of invading swarm of insectoids. Uh, they look like aliens, and they pilot these big badass mech suits to defend their land and their crops and shit. And, man, I love this. I mean, because you know me, I'm a huge fan of, like, big robots, big mechs. Like, some of my favorite things of all time, Voltron, Transformers, you know, Gundams, human-piloted machines. Love that shit. So I ate this one up, and it had a good story to boot. Yeah, it was a really well-done story. Like, there was actual loss in it, and mm-hmm. um, there was there was stakes on the line, and it was fucking amazing. And uh, it what- really got the adrenaline pumping. It's like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Yeah, I was going to say, the other thing that I really enjoyed about it, which I thought was really fucking clever, was clearly they had been here for a long time. Yeah. And the... Uh, the, the mechs that they jumped into looked not makeshift, but like they had to add parts on over time. Yeah. Because yeah. like there would, there was a history that I want to fucking know, but like 
Yeah, I unfortunately, would love it's only to see a series based on this. That's how absolutely. It was. Yeah, and the animation is so fucking good. Yeah, like this was they some don't of the better animation. It, it, it wasn't trying to be CG and look real. It was just good anime level of animation. It was CG for sure, uh, but it was like. It was the cartoony CG. It's the yeah, stuff you see in like Borderlands or yeah, cell shading. Yes, which makes it have a lot more character, in my opinion. Yeah, it absolutely had character. This one had character. This one had heart. Yeah, and action out the wazoo. And it was, man, it was a lot very, of fun. Yeah, if if you only watch for suits, be like fine because it's that good. Yeah, it really is. Uh, the next one is called Sucker of Souls. Um, mm-hmm. I really fucking enjoyed this one. I did too. Uh, but I think I enjoyed it because of the animation. Cause by this point we had seen only CGI and I yeah. was like, oh shit. Like it's a hand drawn fucking animated thing, but it's basically a bunch of, uh, archeologists are excavating a, a ruins, if you will. And, um, an unorthodox Dracula attacks them. <laughs> yeah. And that was very, very cool how uh, how this played out. Yeah. I don't want to say too much because of the unorthodox yeah. part, but definitely check it out for that. But yeah, this also had Fred Tadascore in it, and I believe he voices Dracula. Fred Tadascore is... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's a big voice actor, I know. He's in, I mean, he's up there with like, you know, John DiMaggio and Steve Bloom and, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, Nolan Norris and, uh, yep. He's, uh, he's done the Hulk quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it's just, it's, it's, it's really short too. Like, this is one of the, no, it's not short. uh, It it felt short. Because it's so fast paced. It's about 11 minutes after you knock off the credits. So, 13 minute runtime. Yeah, that felt it felt a lot shorter than that, but yeah, it's 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 super fucking fun, and the characters in it are night nice, like they're really cool, like it's something you'd expect from a a video game where they're trying to make you play as the different characters, and mm-hmm. it was I highly recommend Sucker of Souls, like it's yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, um, what's the next one? When the yogurt took over. Uh, this was one that was also written by, uh, based on a short story by, uh, John Scalzi, uh, who did Three Robots, uh, animated by Blue Studio, same animation company that did Three Robots. Not as enjoyable as Three Robots, though. Not by a long shot. <laughs> no, nowhere near. It is, fortunately, it's only like five minutes long. Um, basically, a strain of yogurt developed by scientists became sentient and took over the world. And it just examines how dependent humanity became upon this yogurt, and then the yogurt abandons them, and they're like, "How can we ever go back?" And the uh, it, it wasn't great. Well, I said the the best thing about it to me was that the whole thing is narrated, and it's narrated by uh, Mar, uh, Mar, I can never pronounce his name. Could Maurice Lamarche, the voice. Thank of you. The brain, and he does. The brain he kind of does that voice. Yeah, it's not quite the same because it's he's intentionally making it a little off, but it's close enough to where I was like, ooh. But it's fine. It's you know, it is what it is. It's it's one it of the was, more forgettable ones for sure. Yeah, it was better than the witness, but yes, you know, that's not saying a whole lot right now, considering that it's in the bottom two out of the first six. Yeah, 
So one of the weirder ones in the pack, <laughs> uh, Beyond the Aquila Rift. Uh, this one is about a, uh, um, a crew who are on a mission to reach a different spot, and they, they uh, set their plotting route. Um, and uh, when they wake up in their cryotubes, uh, they are not where they thought they were going to be. Um, it is, it, it's, this is probably the most heavy metal of them, in my Dude, opinion. I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, oh, I, I liked it too. I'm just saying like, it's, it's it, one of the more bizarre ones. It was absolutely. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, wow. I, I, I can't say too much without giving away. Yeah, I don't want to say shit. Like, I want to, I want to, I want people to watch it because it's, it's this very is, good, but. It's very good, but, uh, definitely do not watch it with kids in a room. That's true. That's accurate because there's a whole heart, like, almost hardcore sex scene. Yeah, yeah. You just a fair see, warning. You almost see animated penetration. I mean, it comes close. Yeah. Yup. But, uh, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like, I just, let's, let's, uh, let's go ahead and just move on. Cause I swear to God, I don't want to spoil this one. Cause the, the turn is good. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it's, it's good. It's good. Now, uh, the eighth episode is called good hunting based on a story by Ken Liu. Uh, animated by Red Dog Culture House and directed by Oliver Thomas, and I really liked this one. I very much enjoyed this one. This one was awesome. It starts out in early, very early twentieth century, twentieth century China, and a young boy, he and his his father, are hunting some type of shapeshifter. They call it a huli huli jing. Yeah, um, and that's a, that's are, a the real uh, yeah uh, mythological creature. Well, yeah, realism. Yeah, they have they pulled it from you know real life mythology uh, from yes. from China. Uh, but yeah, they're shapeshifters that hunt and you know prey upon man. And the father killed this one hunter, but the son found the young daughter who was about his age and he covers and says I didn't see a cub and then years later you know he spared her life you know and years later uh, as society advances and it turned into like a steampunk type society they find each other again and he helps her find her way in this new steampunk land. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, I they... they yeah, they drew me in with the, you know, early 20th century mythological stuff. I was I was in with that. And then they kept me there when they were like, oh, this is also a kind of an alternate reality where everything's steampunk. The Industrial yeah. Revolution just kept it steampunk. Mm-hmm. Um, or steam engines, I should say. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. And like, it, it evolves how, from there. Yeah. How he had this just like understanding of machinery that was just so natural to him and the things that he could craft and create. It was amazing. Yeah. And how that plays so out. Good. Oh, very, yeah. 
fucking very cool. satisfying. <laughs> very, very satisfying. Very cool. Um, number yeah, nine is uh, called spoiler. Spoiler: You do see a big fat animated wiener in it. Big fat animated erect wiener in it. I'm just saying. Yeah, another you one do. You can't, another one you can't watch in the fucking with the kids are in the room. I w- I wouldn't recommend watching just about any of these with the kids in the room. Yeah, yeah, no. Because uh, like even if you watch you know the yogurt one, which I think is totally fine, I'd, I'd, I'd put that on par with like any DreamWorks movie. But uh, you take the chance of the next one playing, yeah, <laughs> which is this one. No, it's be okay. It's Beyond the Aquila Drift, which has you know, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so the next one uh, is called The Dump. Uh, and it's about a, uh, an old man who, who lives in a dump and, uh, a, a businessman comes in to tell him that he's got to sell his, his land, which is the dump to, uh, uh, for, for, you know, them to build something on top of it. And he says no. And yeah, he's like, we're putting up condos. You got to vacate the premises. They weren't even going to compensate him. No, they like weren't. You're violating city code for living here. You got to get out. And he's like, well, I'll tell you a story. Spin you a yard of it. Yeah, if I get to the end of this story, you still want me to leave? I'll leave. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just to kind of, I don't want to spoil the very end, but there is a pet, quote unquote, that is a massive part of the story. Yeah, and uh, this was probably one of my least favorite ones. Don't know why. Couldn't tell you exactly. It just what did not appeal to me. It was kind of boring. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't anything gripping, and especially after it came off such a good story in front of it. Yeah, um, maybe. Uh, you know, this was like eight minutes long. Yeah, it's, it's really short. It's not bad. I mean, you do see, like, I'm going to say Hobo Hillbilly Wiener and Balls, but... That is actually kind of funny, you know. It is funny, because he <laughs> didn't have time. Shoot, shooting at something in the dark, you know, with his wiener hanging out, and... You know, that's funny as shit, actually. Is it bad that I noticed that he was uncircumcised? Actually, yes, because I didn't notice that. So <laughs> you were going in for a look. Oh, man. All right. All right. <laughs> Moving on to number there's 10. Something, there's something we learned, everybody. Greg is attracted to hillbilly. I didn't say attracted. I noticed he, it. He, Hold yeah, on. You noticed no. it. He likes, look. he likes uncircumcised old man no. hobo wieners. Absolutely not. By the way, the businessman was done by Gary Cole, which is very cool. Um, which is awesome because, you know, the hobo was Nolan North. Yep. Anyway, moving on, not attracted to wieners. Uh, <laughs> it's fine if you are. No judgment from me. I didn't yeah. say it was bad. <laughs> I just don't want people thinking I'm attracted to uncircumcised wieners. All right. All right. We get it. We get it. Okay. It was, beautifully, was it beautifully animated, Greg? I fucking just number ten. <laughs> Shapeshifters, uh, based on a story by Marco Cluse, animated by Blair Studios, and this one was uh, directed by Gabrielle Pinacchioli. It's about two close friends in the United States Marine Corps, and they have supernatural powers, uh, and they basically are sent out with patrols. As, you know, forward and rear members, they're the point and drag men of the uh, patrols. I mean, we, can, we can just huh? tell them what they are. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's they call them early. dog soldiers, and the reason why they call them dog soldiers is they turn out to be werewolves. And, dude, this is the most incredible way I've seen werewolves done ever. I was, honestly was just like, how has this not become a movie? Yeah. I mean, this is the best way I've ever seen a werewolf done in anything. And I love the way they did werewolves in, like, Ginger Snaps. Uh, you know, some of the more recent horror shit with the werewolves in it, you know, from the past decade or so. Yeah. Um, you know, and I dug how they had a different take on werewolves in, you know, the Harry Potter films. But this, this is the coolest way I've ever seen werewolves done ever in any film media. It, it's very, very, very fucking cool. Especially, like, I don't want to, I, it's, it's at the end, and I'm not going to specify what's going on, but you do see a transformation, and it is fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely um, is. Having, having the idea, first and foremost, as a short, just throw you into this scenario where there are two werewolves in the fucking U.S. Marines is brilliant alone. Because yeah. it tells you that the world has is just like, yeah, werewolves exist, and they're willing to work with us. Like, explore that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you notice, like, their barracks was like a fucking kennel. Yes, and, yes. And, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of uh, resentment from the other members of the unit uh, where oh, they're yeah. stationed. It's like, you can't sit here at this table during mealtime. You're not one of us. And they're like, oh, you're content for us to protect your guys, though, aren't you? And just, yeah, it was, uh, this one was well done and well layered. It's very good. Uh, there's a lot of thematic, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, and I don't want to speak anymore on it. It's just, it's, it's also... And probably top three. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah this I, one I, I, in suits. This one in suits, or you know, and one more would be in my top three. I think I know which one it is too, but we'll get there. Okay. Um. So the next one is called Helping Hand, and it's um. It is this one. Not gonna lie, straight up has body horror in it. Oh. Uh, yeah, it does. So I, this story, this this story, is about an astronaut who faces a life death life or death situation while accidentally getting knocked away from the space station while in orbit. Yeah, yeah. And, she's, uh, she's in a repair capsule, and she's got to do some repairs on a satellite. And... Uh, this movie does a better job of showing the terror and horror from that than the movie Gravity did. Mm-hmm. Uh, good lord, and in fucking eight nine minutes yeah like it had me legitimately like whinging and kind of trying to not look directly at the screen and oh man it's so well done yeah uh based on a short based on a story done by claudine griggs uh animated by axis studios and uh directed by john Yeo. uh yeah well fucking done and a nice little Easter egg to fans of the Alien franchise because they called the satellite LV two four six. I um, did not did not catch that. I did too, and I was like, "Oh shit, is this going to be tied into Aliens somehow?" But no, they just named the satellite that. That's just a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. I don't want to tell you what the body horror is, but no, 
because that's a spoiler. Yeah. And just a warning major that I was plot like, point. <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of like, so. Now, the next one is called Fish Night, based on a story written by Joe Lansdale, directed by Damien Nanau, and uh, animated by Plotage, Platage Image Studio. Uh, two traveling salesmen are traveling along in a station wagon. A uh, car overheats and breaks down, and they're stuck in the desert. And they discover that mysterious things happen in the desert at night. And, yeah, this one was a little um, out there. My, my, uh, one of the mysterious things that happens in the desert is my boredom with this one. Yeah, this one wasn't great. I was so, like, I was just like, oh my you god. Know, and then, you know what did this in a movie before and did it much, much better? Uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this one was like, this one was almost as if it would have been better if it was explained uh, that they both took peyote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, it just was a thing, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then like it ends, and the way that it ends is so weird. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So what's the next one? <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about the next one because there's. Really so the no- next one, the next one is fucking great. Yeah, it uh, it's called Lucky Thirteen, and it's about a pilot in a in a futuristic other planetary war, and her ship called Lucky Thirteen is supposed to uh, go into battle, pick up uh, troops, and bring them in, or just straight drop off troops. That's that's what these dropships do. And that's mm-hmm. why they call dropships for Christ's sake. But yeah. the reason her ship is called Lucky Thirteen is because it has already lost two entire crews, and so people are very afraid to get onto the ship. And the and serial number of the ship is like zero one three zero one three or something like that. Which is yeah, why that's the, the sum of the numbers of the serial number actually total thirteen. So yeah, there was so much superstition around it. Yeah, it was it was a whole thing, and but with her behind the the controls uh, for her first mission, she she's able to get everybody out of there, and uh, she survives, and uh, she she even says like in the beginning of it like she's told like every machine has a personality and at the end she's just like i was wrong about you and for the rest of the thing it shows like every time like she's just she's grown a strong strong attachment to the ship and Mm -hmm. i don't want to spoil the ending but the ending is fantastic uh another big thing for us i think for anybody who's also watched uh orange is the new black is the the actor in this <laughs> uh, so the girl, yeah, the girl who played Pusey Washington, Samara Wiley, she uh, she's mm-hmm. the main character, or main actor in this, and good gravy. This she, one was one of my favorites. She did a. It, this one was definitely in my top four. Um, I think this would probably be between this one, Suits, and uh, uh, Shapeshifters. I think that is that what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You threw a couple uh, others in there too, but I think those go up below your top three. Yeah, yeah. This this one's up there, but it's not quite there. It's uh, super well animated too, like the, the incredibly uh, well animated. I love the, it. Yeah, the facial stuff is 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 damn near realistic. <laughs> I mean, I think this animation and this was this animation on this uh, was done by Sony Pictures ImageWorks, and I think it was better than the stuff that we saw in fucking Avatar uh, when it comes to these uh, 
Yeah. It really was. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I, I honestly looked real close to see if there was, like, some kind of scene where they just filmed her face and, and like, superimposed it basically on a on that body. And I was like, no, this is true. This is full-on animated. Mm-hmm. So I was really impressed. And then, of course, the story is fucking fantastic, so there's that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, next one, episode 14. Uh, Zima Blue, based on a story by Alistair Reynolds, animated by Passion Animation Studios, directed by Robert Valley, runtime of 10 minutes, about 8 minutes without credits. Um, it's told from the perspective of a reporter, a fashion slash art reporter, I guess. Uh, she's going, she's been granted the final interview of a reclusive artist that goes by the name of Zima Blue. Uh, and his, it's the first interview he's given in a hundred years. And it's also his final interview. And basically you learn his story and why he's called Zima Blue. And yeah, it was interesting, but nothing groundbreaking to me yeah i I, I like the message in it i I thought that the message is really nice like you know you can you can only get so big before you have to realize that sometimes you know where you came from is what made you who you are Mm -hmm. and i think that that's that's a really nice message it's a very strange way to tell it but you know it works yeah and you know there's there's happiness and simplicity um yeah and you know taking pride in a job well done you know that kind of thing so yeah it was it was it was all right it wasn't it wasn't terrible uh but it wasn't great right it was very forgettable unfortunately um so number, so, oops, so so 15. yeah uh so this one's called blind spot um it is uh written and directed i think it was written right that yeah was script ad- adapted okay uh by uh Vita- Vitaly Vita- Sh- Vita- Shushko. Is it Vitaly? Okay. I was going to say Vitaly. Um, yeah, Shushko. Vitaly, uh, but yeah. And animated by Elena, Elena Volk. I don't, Elena. I don't know if that's a studio or one person. This is a story about a cyborg crew who attempts to pull a heist on a, on a, on a convoy or a train. I think it was just a convoy. It was a convoy uh, of armored vehicles. Yeah, but they were um, connected, but it yeah, wasn't a yeah. train. Okay. Uh, this entire thing was very cool and stylistic and all that jazz, but it unfortunately to me felt like you played a level in the middle of a video game. It was fun, but it wasn't great. There's just no, there's was, no context. Just, yeah, yeah. There's just was, no context. It was just fun. It was just a little fun one. And it's yeah. only like six minutes long, so. Yeah, it was, it was pretty short. Um. But it, it like I wanted to like honestly I would I would love to see a, an animated series on it like May thirteen episodes on Netflix or something because I feel like expanding upon the world in which this little pit thing st- uh, uh, happened in would be very cool to see. Yeah. Um. But unfortunately, like this is just like I said, it feels like you played a <laughs> level in the middle of a video. It, it felt like Borderlands in a way. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't, you know. Yay! Now, the the next one, Ice Age, based on a story by Michael Swanwick, uh, directed by Tim Miller, and animated by 
Blur Studio, Atomic Fiction, and Digic Pictures. And this is the only one that was actually live action. Uh, and it starred uh, yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Topher Grace as a couple that just moved into their apartment. And they have an antique refrigerator. And he goes to try to get some ice for a beverage. And he puts it in his drink and then he fishes it out. And he's like, what the hell? And it is a tiny microscopic woolly mammoth that has multiple spears sticking out of its body and it's dead. And they go and they look in their, in their freezer and it's just like iced over. And they start chipping the ice away and they find a tiny civilization inside of their freezer. And this one fascinated me. Here's, I loved it. I knew you were going to. But I'm going to say something that, that, that South Park has said in a joke for this one episode. Simpsons did it. Yeah, well, I don't watch The Simpsons. <laughs> however, however, it's just like, boom, you know, throughout the course of a day, they, they this civilization is, moves at such a rapid pace. It goes from the Ice Age to the Industrial Age to, like, World War to, you know, modern day to postmodern to futuristic. It's amazing at how, how quickly it was advancing. And they're looking in, they're seeing, like, little flying cars and, you know, they start to see space travel and everything. And then, boom, they're gone. And I looked, I looked at Misty, I was like, honey, for my birthday... I want you to go and get me a refrigerator that does that because I would just sit here all day long and just watch society, you know, rise and fall over and over again. It was just fascinating to me. I loved it. Yeah. The reason I say Simpsons did it is there was an episode. I don't remember if it was a treehouse of horror. So like, not like, I think it was a treehouse of horror, but, uh, Lisa has a, um, uh, she wants to do a, a science experiment. So she puts a tooth in a Petri dish of, um, uh, Coca-Cola. Because at the time the episode came out, it was like this whole fucking thing about like how badly Coca-Cola can decay a tooth. Mm-hmm. Like that was a quote-unquote discovery at the time that the episode came out. So that was a whole thing. And she leaves it in there. Bart does the same thing in his room. Um, and then like the just the two civilizations that built from that, first off, they moved very rapidly. Like, Lisa was like, one day she's looking at it, she's like, oh, that's like Martin Luther pinning the the letter that he wrote to the Catholic Church on the door. And then she goes to school, come back, and they're already in, like, uh, advanced, like, 200, 300 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very much like that. But they got to the point where they, they could build nuclear weapons, and they discovered each other in Bart's room and Lisa's room, and then fired nuclear missiles, destroying both civilizations. Mm. Um yeah, so that's why I say Simpsons did it, because like it's totally that. But the way that this story tells it is uh, a, a lot more... It's a lot funnier, because it's more condensed. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of my favorite shots is, is when uh, it's the two guys sitting on a, like a sky, like a, like a crane or something. Yeah. Having lunch, and they're like... <laughs> Topher Grace is like... Do you think that they look at us and think that we're gods or something? She's like, don't be an idiot. And those two guys sitting there, the one's like, 
the hell are these jackasses looking at? (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking funny. Um, Yeah, it's it's not bad. I just wanted to point out, like, if you are a fan of The Simpsons like I was, your mind will immediately go there. Okay. Uh, I quit watching The Simpsons about... See. Did we talk about this in three? Two thousand three is the last time I watched an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, okay, well, so yeah, it's been sixteen years since I watched The Simpsons. I think any. to this day I could still I could still destroy in a Simpsons trivial pursuit, but oh, you I absolutely would because I have no knowledge of the past sixteen years of The Simpsons, and I whispered that uh, Matt uh, Matt Groening raised me at Comic Con in his ear, so you know. Yeah. That Say lovey. Wasn't creepy at all. But anyway, <laughs> let's get these last two knocked out. Uh, so the next one is called Alternate Histories. This is episode seventeen. It's uh, directed by uh, Victor Monaldo and Fra- Alfredo Torres. Maldonado, thank you. I know I fucked that up. And uh, Alfredo Torres, Alfredo Torres, written by mm-hmm. or conceptualized, I don't know, by John uh, Scalzi. Yep. Scalzi. Animated uh, um, Sun Creature Studio. Creature Studios. It is a. It's as if there is a, a a device, a program that you could uh, purchase, an app, if you will, called Multiversity, where you are able to look at possible alternate histories of different things. And in this particular welcome demo, you get to check out six possible outcomes of the death of Adolf Hitler. Um, in the year 1908. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, but it's but it's in the year 1908 when he's, like, leaving the art school. Um, this was very funny to me. I enjoyed this a lot because it, it, it kept was, escalating. Yeah, it was funny as shit. Like, the one where he actually dies in a jello mold that just falls from the sky. That was fucking hilarious. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the the idea of like of of multi the multiverse the idea is that there's infinite possibilities mm-hmm. so it's absolutely a possibility that he would have died across the street from the art school after a Russian uh, a test landed a jello mold on him <laughs> yeah it's just it's so fucking funny but yeah um, and, and yeah, spoiler alert Hitler dies in every uh, alternate uh, you know. I, I want more of this. Like, I would like a, a short series of the show where each episode is like a different plot, a, a different major point in history. But like, what if? And I, mm-hmm. I just really enjoy that. So, uh, a lot yeah. of people I saw didn't like this because of the animation. But I was like, no, the the cartooniness the of it, really the cartooniness of it, made it hilarious. Especially when the uh, the uh, the hookers when they were. <laughs> When yes. he was when he was having sex with the four hookers and he died from um, sexual exhaustion and they're all laying in the form of a swastika. That Were was... they? I missed that. Yeah, dude, it was funny. Oh as my shit. god, I missed that. Oh my, I have to go back and watch it. That's really funny. Yeah. Nope, I I missed the fucking swastika made it a prostitutes, but I noticed oh. a guy's fucking un- uncircumcised wiener. See, it's okay, Greg. <laughs> It's okay. I still love you. You're my friend. I'm not worried about that, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's cover this last one. This one was uh, called Secret War. Uh, It was based on a story by David Amendola, uh, also animated by Digic Pictures, and 
It was directed by Istvan Zorkowski. And if I butchered makes, his name, I apologize. That makes perfect sense. That makes all the sense. Because this is based on a platoon of Red Army soldiers on the hunt for undead in the forest of Siberia. And one of the main voice actors is the same guy, uh, Stefan Kapitik, or whatever his name is, uh, sorry, Stefan, that voices Colossus in the Deadpool movies. So uh, this one is probably the last one to round out my top five. This one was a lot of fun. I uh, did not like this one as much. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool I... idea, but it was just kind of... Uh, I. I... I don't know, like, there wasn't a whole lot for me that I thought was, like, amazing. Uh, I will say the animation is fucking top-notch. The animation was amazing, yes. Yeah, the gore is fantastic. Like, that guy that gets his head almost completely cut off, but not. Oh. (laughs) That was awesome. Um, Yeah, there was some great action in this, but I just love the premise behind it. It's like, ooh, okay, we had a rogue colonel fucking into the supernatural trying to summon the undead and he actually figured out a way to do it and now they're overrunning Siberia and it's just man it was a lot of fun I liked it it was yeah. it was it definitely rounds out my top five uh yeah I didn't hate it I mean it's definitely better than some of the other ones on here but for me it just I don't know just didn't really click with me but um so we are going a little over on this podcast, so why don't we go ahead and give our rating on the whole thing. Josh, you go foist. On the whole thing, I'm going to give it an A uh, because of concept, uh, imagination, execution. is a lot of fun. Some real thought-provoking stories in there. And yes, there were a couple of, like, stinkers. Um, but overall... Uh, it was something that I watched over the course of two days that my interest was always uh, commanded, more or less, and I had a lot of fun watching it, and some of them I've gone back and rewatched to show Misty, and she's really enjoyed them, especially Suits and uh, Shapeshifters uh, being two that stood out the most to me, um, but yeah, really, really well done, and I want to see more of this shit in the future. So I give it an A. I wholeheartedly mirror what you said. I, I, you know, like even even the ones that like uh, the fucking fish one, fish night, yeah, um, which is the one I probably hey I, I liked the least. Um, even that one's still really well animated and it looks beautiful, but it's just the story is so bland. Like it was like, hey, here's here's some vanilla ice cream with sprinkles on top. Is what it was to me, and it's like okay, that's fine. I wanted, like, Rocky Road, because it has stuff in it. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I absolutely love this. I, I 100% agree. I want more. I want to see some really creative shit. I love that they went with Love, Death, and Robots as, like, you can use one of those. You can use all of those. You can use two of them. It gives all people a lot of freedom. Yeah. A lot of freedom. Um, absolutely. And that's... That to me is so it's gonna be so much fun. And I I really, really hope this gets a second season. Um uh, what I would really like to see, Josh, is like maybe another anthology style, but not call it Love, Death and Robots. Maybe No, it... no, I think I think Love, Death and Robots is fine. Because again, <clears throat> with Love and Death alone, you have a f- 
bajillion fucking options. That's true. Um, but and then with robots, it just kind of adds that fun little like, hey, robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I want to see is like, you know how with um, Voltron, we got like a new season every six months, and it was shorter. Yeah. Uh, something like that, where we get like ten episodes in six months, or we get you know. Three episodes and three months from now. Like, shit like that. Like, just keep adding to it kind of thing. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But uh, if we just get, like, another fucking 18 to 20 in, the, in a year, we'll cool with that, too. I just want more. Like, it's just, it's so much fun to see so many creative ideas and have these people who have these, have this amazing creative outlet. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, really, really pleased with it. Absolutely gets an A. Uh it would get an A plus if I liked all eighteen, but yeah. the fact that I like I like that there's, I guess fifteen that I really enjoyed, yeah, and three that I thought were like meh, uh, that's what brings it down. But hundred percent worth your time. Like very very happy and pleased with it. So awesome. All right, well that's going to do it for us today, guys. Uh, hope you stuck around through that whole thing. Um, I'm sure Josh tried to edit some of it down to squeeze out some of that time no not really all right well you're getting you're getting you're getting a whole hour 11 hour 11 minutes uh but yeah guys uh two great shows two wonderful shows that you should absolutely check out um and uh yeah i i I mean it's uh it's very fun this last week i was very happy that we just you know kind of got two uh two solid ones next week Next week will be uninhibited, but what are we watching two weeks from now? I was going to say that, Josh. (laughs) Join us next week for another episode of Uninhibited where Josh and I talk about whatever the fuck we want. But guys, on that note, send us your questions. Send us your ideas. Send us topics. We would love to know what you guys want us to talk about. Um, and, and, and I'm sure Josh and I have thoughts on things that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we haven't brought up. So send um, us feedback too. Um, Drop yeah. us some drop us some reviews. Uh you know, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public, Spotify, uh where else? Uh Podbean. Um Podbean? Go uh go and leave a review. Give us a rating. Uh give yeah. us a five star rating and tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you dislike about the show. Feedback. Yeah. All that stuff it helps us it helps our circulation. And, you know, hey, I'm not going to lie, if you listen on a mobile device through Radio Public, you know, it drops a couple of cents our way. Uh, so, you're helping out the show directly if you listen on the, on a mobile device. Boom, there you go. There you go. Uh, but uh, in two weeks, guys, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, The Highwaymen, which is a story uh, starring uh, Woody Harrelson and... Kevin Costner. Is like Kevin Costner, thank you. Uh, as the two uh, um, Texas Rangers, Texas Rangers that were hunting down Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. I said Bonnie and Clyde, <laughs> sir. Well, what, what what else are we going to be watching? I remember that part, oh. sir. Okay. Uh, then and the other show we're going to be watching is Ultraman. So this that that could be a stinker. I don't know yet. Uh, yeah, it's a Netflix original version of Ultraman, who I I'm always really, really hoping it's adored good. <laughs> when I was a little kid, and I'm hoping it's good, because it's an anime that we chose, and not Anthony, because fuck Anthony's taste. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Anthony will be happy, but I don't think uh, he'll be happy about those words. I don't so. care. I love him, but <laughs> fuck his taste. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, so in two weeks' time, we'll be talking about those two things. Uh, in one week's time, we'll be doing Uninhibited. So join us for those two episodes. Uh, Josh, where can they find you online? Well, along, uh, other than here, every Friday with you, they can catch me every Friday night live on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on a show called MPSP Theater, where me and four friends of mine uh, tackle whatever is going on uh, in the week, uh, you know, pop culture-wise, entertainment, comics, uh, a wide variety of topics, movies, TV shows, nerd stuff. And we love it, and we interact with the live chat, and that's available to watch on YouTube, on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel, and occasionally on Off the Runner, uh, when I have time uh, to build, it just people's schedules and everything, and sh- so busy. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, under my regular name, follow me on Twitter, Insabanur1976. And, yeah, that's me. What about you, Greg? You can follow me on Twitter, at TrevRockGeek. That's where I'm going to be 90% of the time. Uh, you can also follow Another me on Instagram. Another 10% of the time, he's looking at uncircumcised hobo wiener. So, uh, leave us a comment, guys, if you want me to cancel the podcast. Uh, <laughs> he can't. He can't cancel it. <laughs> If you want me to quit the podcast. How about that? He can't do that either. I won't let him. <laughs> Did he come fucking hold my arm? That sounded weirder than I wanted it to. <laughs> what, am, I, am I trying to reroute myself in space? Oh, Lord. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know how to handle that information. Um, uh, yeah, so Trump Rock Geek is where you're going to find me just about anywhere. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, I do a podcast with my buddy Anthony, who we mentioned about the anime thing, because uh, he's recommended two shows that... Uh, Anthony's got shit tasting in anime, let's face it. Or is it, it three shows? Is it three shows? Three. Yeah, three. Yeah, and he struck out all three times. He's out. No more suggestions from well, Anthony. Yeah, well, one of the three I liked. <laughs> one of the three you liked, but none of the three I liked. So, you right, know, right. out of the combined batting average of that, it's one for six. That's not all-star caliber by any means. Uh, that's that's right in the pine, and that's where Anthony's going to be with his suggestions for shit for us to review from here on out is riding the pond over there on the bench. <laughs> anyway. Love you, Anthony. Uh... <laughs> He doesn't listen. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if he does. Uh, but uh, so we'll you know can, next you can, week. You can find Anthony and I, Anthony and I on uh, every... Ooh. Right now it's Tuesdays. It might switch to Wednesdays again. But Tuesdays are Wednesdays. For sure. Uh, you can check us out on the Mission Start podcast where we will uh, inevitably give you our opinions, whether you like it or not, on... Um, video game news. So, like, stuff will happen in the week, and then Anthony and I will go, like, oh, this is what we think. Um, but I also have a segment on there that I really enjoy called uh, Why You're Wrong, where I basically argue with the internet, and it's fun for me. Uh, don't know about for them that as much, though, and uh, uh, because but of that... if you want to debate him, you can just watch during the live broadcast on Twitch, and you can interact in the chat, and Come up what with I, counterpoints for his arguments. Well, I was going to also say that every episode, every time I do a, uh, an, a, uh, wow, 
Jesus Christ. Every time I do a Why You're Wrong, those eventually go up on YouTube. If you go to Mission Start Tubes on YouTube, you will find those there. You could also type in Why You're Wrong and maybe find them that way. But uh, the reason I mention this is because of my Twitter, because of those, and live when we do the live show, you can debate me. If you have a different opinion on it, please come and talk because I want to know what everyone else has when they think of what's going on with that situation. So that's all I'm po- that's the point I was getting at, Josh. Yeah. Um, and it's not it's not like oh you're an idiot you're wrong kind of debate. It's healthy discourse. It was. It used it to was. be when you were working that <laughs> shit job and your attitude was bad. That's true. And now it's more like, hey, look at it from a different perspective. This is why you really look at it this way. Try to look at it from this way instead. You know, trying to promote healthy discourse and discussion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, guys, that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, I guess I should mention the Twitter account. Mission underscore start. Is where yeah. you can find on on Twitch, and ours um, is uh, at Cued Up Podcast. So, on Twitch, on Twitter, Twitter. Oh, Twitter, yeah, yeah, Twitter at at Cued Up Podcast. Uh, but yeah, guys, as as Josh had mentioned earlier, we definitely would like to have more discussions with all of you about stuff that we enjoy. Um, if you have an opinion on one of these shows that you want to express to us, which we're more than happy to hear, have a conversation with you, join the discussion group on Facebook. Uh, it's the easiest way for us to kind of interact with you immediately. Um, I want to see at- memes of Greg admiring uh, uncircumcised hobo wieners. So you guys make <sighs> that happen. For fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. <laughs> so this is not okay. <laughs> Oh, it's not okay. Uh, oh goodness. But 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 yeah, I guess if that's what you want to do, yay. <laughs> all but right. in all seriousness, we do we do want to hear from you guys. So so join the discussion group, hit us up on Facebook, uh in just a regular uh page, hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> shit uh, us Instagram. up on Twitter? Oh my god. What? That's you what said, the kids say. You said us, shit us, us up on Twitter. I said hit us up. You said shit us up. (laughs) All right. Leave a comment in the, uh, on on whatever you're listening to this on. If I said shit us up or hit us up. Yes. You Uh, you said it. Nope. Nope. I said hit us up. All right. There's that. But it doesn't matter because you still think I like uncircumcised wiener. So there's that. No, uncircumcised hobo wiener. There's a difference. I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast. Guys, remember uh, to watch The Highwaymen and Ultraman to join us in two weeks while we discuss that. Uh, Fuck you, Josh. Uh, (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Uh, Take care, everybody.